Welcome to... You're listening to The Wrestling Takeover. What is your name? With your host, Jordan Turner, who's always going to keep it real. Come on, King. Inside and outside the ring. Let me make myself clear. He's got the band behind him, King. It's time to take over, King. Are you ready? He's all fired up now, King. Take over. Let's go. Yo, what's good, everybody? What's good with you? Welcome, everybody, to another episode of The Wrestling Takeover. This is episode 233. I'm your host, Jordan Turner. Before I get right into the podcast with the Friday Night Smackdown post-show review and analysis, if you guys can do me a favor, follow and subscribe to The Wrestling Takeover wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow me on Instagram at The Wrestling Takeover. And follow me on Twitter at JT Takeover. I appreciate it. If you guys can also rate the podcast five stars on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And also comment on each and every upcoming episode moving forward. I would really appreciate that. Uh, thank you guys for supporting me and what I do. I appreciate everybody that is on Instagram. And that is following me over there at the Wrestling Takeover. Uh, thank you guys very much. Now we got that out of the way. Friday Night Smackdown tonight. I, gosh, I don't know, man. You know, I'm a good man of faith. I'm a man that is honest. That, you know, I get my views and opinions no matter what people think. Um, it, there's a reason why I haven't been watching uh, SmackDown a lot as of late. Or let me trace back. I do watch SmackDown. But the problem is I haven't been reviewing these shows. Friday Night SmackDown in particular. You know, this is WrestleMania season, correct? This is WrestleMania season. We're supposed to be getting the best, the best promos. The best matches, the best builds, the rivalries are supposed to be epic. We're on the fucking road to WrestleMania. Tonight, this show was so boring. I watched it. I dissected every single promo. I have it in my notes. We're going to go over it. Every single segment, every single match, we're going to dissect everything. But my frustration, man, I don't want to be up here being fully negative all the time, right? And I'm going to have to do that. I'm always honest. Um, I give you guys my opinions with what I see from my eyes and from my point of view. And tonight, I thought this show was utterly boring. Uh, We heard an announcement, something that we obviously saw coming with Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair. We're going to dissect that and analyze that. Uh, We're going to also talk about the opening promo with Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman and the Usos. That's how we kicked off Friday Night Smackdown. And tonight, man, I was just bored. That's all. I was just bored. I actually have AEW Rampage on record because it comes on at 10 p.m. So I usually wait until Saturday to watch Rampage. And tonight... It looks to be a great show, so I'm going to put that on record, and we're going to watch AEW uh, tomorrow, and 
You know? I'll see if I enjoy that show. But Friday Night Smackdown, man. We are here February 4th, 2022. This was from the Paycom City in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Obviously, it was featuring the fallout of the show from the Royal Rumble pay-per-view and obviously all of the turmoil that has been going on in the world of WWE. Everything's been crazy right now in WWE. It seems I might be in the minority here, but it just seems that WWE really does not have concrete plans in terms of the whole card for WrestleMania. They have plans for their top matches for WrestleMania. But in regards to the whole card, and I don't I don't think they do. I don't think they do. But we opened the show with the bloodline as they made their entrance. And obviously we've seen Paul Heyman back. This is great. I love it. I understand that WWE has been kind of doing twists and turns and stuff in regards to Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar. Is he signing with you know Brock Lesnar permanently? Is he going away from Roman Reigns? Obviously, we all had all those questions, and everything was ultimately resolved with Paul Heyman coming back with Roman Reigns. I think this is great. Again, I understand why they did it, but at the end of the day, they made the right call with signing Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman reuniting. So that was great. So they came out, and eventually they got in the ring, and Paul Heyman... He grabs the microphone every time Paul Heyman grabs the microphone. We all listen because everything he spews is facts and speaking truth. So we're going to get right into the promo. So here we go. So Paul Heyman gets the microphone and he says that here as to serve as special counsel to your tribal chief. They only bothered to come out here tonight to acknowledge what really happened. A couple of uncomfortable truths like i said paul Heyman always speaks truth he says there was no plot no conspiracy it was not done to make brock lesnar look foolish although he does look like a damn fool anyways i love that line great from paul Heyman, man he acknowledges that he made a mistake last year in chicago cm punk i'm just saying when he told roman reigns what was in his heart and he deserved everything he got when Reigns fired him. So he's taking callability for his own actions. I like that. He felt that his entire career was over, but he sizzled the opportunity when COVID picked the wrong human to inject. Bringing COVID into it, I like that. And got Brock Lesnar added to the Fatal 4-Way at day one. And everything was going to be fine. Brock on Raw, Roman on SmackDown, everyone was in their place. Except Roman went and challenged Reigns, or Roman went and challenged Reigns to a title versus title match. And how stupid is that? They're bringing up title versus title. This is something that I and a lot of people in the internet wrestling community have been pitching for quite some time now. And there's actually rumors. Uh, that WWE is considering, like legitimately considering, doing title versus title at WrestleMania. I'm going to finish this promo, and then I'm going to give you guys my honest takes on the title versus title situation 
and regarding the WWE Championship heading into WrestleMania. He continues and said, It's as stupid as his beard, top knot, as he knew he'd make a mistake and got himself stuck with this stupid farmer. Him talking about himself, Paul Heyman. That brings us to the Royal Rumble. When Lesnar took Bobby Lashley to Suplex City, only to get slain by the GOAT, Roman Reigns. Roman smashed Brock Lesnar at the moment. Heyman understood he doesn't need to protect Roman Reigns from Brock Lesnar. He needed to protect Brock Lesnar from Roman Reigns. And then Reigns offered him a hand and gave him a title belt. And now Bobby Lashley is your new WWE champion. And now you all have to acknowledge that there will be no title versus title match at WrestleMania. Before I continue, WWE keeps acknowledging, quote, title versus title. And remember, I told you, I just uttered to you that there are rumors going around that WWE is really considering title versus title for WrestleMania. I'll get to that after this promo was over. Brock Lesnar does not get what he wants. He does what Roman wants him to do. And at WrestleMania, he will acknowledge Reigns as the champion. Paul acknowledges Roman formally as the tribal chief and asks Oklahoma City to do the same. And then the promo completely goes downhill with this shit. Bill Goldberg returns. Whatever, man. Bill Goldberg gets on the microphone and acknowledges Roman as his next victim at Elimination Chamber. Commentary obviously hypes up the match for Chamber. And that was pretty much the end of the opening segment to Friday Night SmackDown. Listen, the segment was great. I thoroughly enjoyed it from Paul Heyman. And we obviously seen Bill Goldberg. And then my excitement went to discuss because every time I see Bill Goldberg, I just picture him beating Bray Wyatt in Saudi Arabia. And I can't get over it. I can't. I will never get over it. My respect for Bill Goldberg dropped when he defeated Bray Wyatt in Saudi Arabia. Bill Goldberg is a legend. Absolutely. But, you know, I don't need to fully respect him. You feel me? And I don't really respect him. He didn't need the win against the fiend, Bray Wyatt. He got it anyways. And, again, my respect for him really dwindled. After that win against Bray Wyatt. But I told you guys I was going to talk about the title versus title situation. World Wrestling Entertainment keeps acknowledging, quote, title versus title. We all, I I would say, there are a lot of us that want title versus title. I understand that there are some people who don't want to see title versus title. People actually like the brand split. And that's cool. I think it should end. But that's my personal opinion. Now, if I was running WWE and I was the head of creative. Obviously, if they told me that you need to have the brand split still continue. Okay, that's fine. I'll just change everything about it. Pay-per-views, titles, prestigious. Everything would be changed. That's just how creative I am. But not enough. This isn't about me, man. This is about the WWE Championship. 
What's going to happen? Brock Lesnar's in the match. Does Brock Lesnar win the WWE title? Do we really get title versus title? Champion versus champion. It's a possibility, man. It really is. You can never discount uh, Brock Lesnar in any way, shape, or form. I don't think he wins, but it's a possibility. Speaking of the WWE Championship, WWE can go several ways with this. I'm telling you right now, a Bobby Lashley fans out there, God bless you. I love Bobby Lashley. I'm a fan of Lashley, but I'm a realist, and I keep it 100. I'm real, and this is the truth. I'd be shocked if Bobby Lashley retains the WWE Championship and heads into WrestleMania as the WWE Champion. WWE apparently doesn't know what they want to do for the WWE Championship at WrestleMania. I'll tell you what I would do. And this is frustrating. And this is why I always think, and I have this opinion and this mindset, that the creative writers in WWE, they listen to people like me that are on social media on a consistent basis, pitching ideas to them. They probably take our ideas and pitch it to Vince and Vince either goes for it or he doesn't go for it. And if he does go for it, he's probably going to change it and make it into his image with the situation that he wants to make it. I feel that way, and no one's going to tell me otherwise. WWE Championship. What would I do? Let's play armchair booking. Let's play fantasy booking. I'm not having Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania for the WWE title. I'll tell you that right now. You could do AJ Styles. AJ Styles is in the WWE Championship match at Elimination Chamber. You can have AJ Styles win the WWE title, and we get that one-on-one match with him versus Edge. Not only is a dream match, but it's for the WWE Championship. Sign me up. I like that idea. That's number one. Number two, speaking of Edge, Seth Rollins is in the Elimination Chamber. Man, I'd love to see Edge versus Seth Rollins 4 take place at WrestleMania and it's for the WWE title. <laughs> Sign me up, man. Listen, I think Edge versus Seth Rollins was one of the greatest feuds in recent WWE memory. That's just my humble opinion. So that's two ideas. Better than Bobby Lashley. Number three, I don't see it happening, but we can do title versus title. Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. Unifying the belts, we have one championship floating between Raw and SmackDown and officially ending the brand split. We'll see what happens with that. But I'm rambling on. Listen, the segment was was decent for what it was when Bill Goldberg came out. The segment went to shit. It was kind of hard to gauge what the fans were, you know, thinking there were fans that were excited. But then I seen fans on their on their hands and really not giving a fuck. So it's interesting. I don't give a fuck that Bill Goldberg's here. Apparently, um, he has one more match left. The match that he's going to have with Roman Reigns. Great. Get out and get the fuck out and uh, go do what else you got to do, man. You're a legend in the game. No question. But you're not really needed anymore. Please go away. WWE needs to focus on creating new stars. Bill Goldberg is a legend. He's already established. 
All he's coming back for is a payday. That's it. He needs to go. So that's my thoughts on the opening contest. Now, we kicked off for the opening match. We've seen Ricochet versus Ridge Holland. I mean, I thought this match should have went a little bit longer, but this is WWE, man. This was very disappointing. Uh, the highlights here, we've seen Ricochet with some body blows. Harlan comes in with the knee, throwing him into the corner, throwing Ricochet in the corner. Then he lands uppercut, scoop, slam, and he does another slam, uh, following with a uh, hammer whip. And then after that, we've seen uh, Ricky. Uh, he bridges him, and then we see a slide out, palp out, and then back in the ring. Ricochet ultimately wins. He beats him uh, with an inside cradle submit, uh, pin, pinning combination. Excuse me. So Ricochet wins via a pinning combination. I don't care. Ricochet has no direction. Rich Holland is a great competitor. He doesn't really have any direction either. It's just very disapp- it's disappointing, man. It just is that a lot of these wrestlers just have nothing going on for them. This is WrestleMania season. WWE is going to use the trying and true superstars, and they're just not going to give a fuck about everybody else. Bottom line, we come from commercial break, and we got a Vimprop 2 taxi match with Cesaro and Ricochet versus Rich Holland and Sheamus, as we were obviously seeing things outside of the ring involving all four men. You know, I hate that they do these impromptu things with these matches. It feels like when they do these, they don't have a plan. They just put things together, and then they just roll with it. It's very frustrating as a fan, man. And as someone that's very creative and has a great creative mind, seeing things like this just really frustrates me. And it really highlights that creatively WWE is in the hole, man. They, they just don't know how to get out of this hole right now. Creatively. It's very frustrating. So we've seen Cesaro and Sheamus start a match off in progress as Shelton, or not Shelton, uh, Sheamus with uh, Bells to the Bower on Cesaro. After that, we've seen a tag to Holland working uh, Cesaro. Um, he was working him over. And then eventually he tags in Ricochet. Ricochet flies all around, and we see all these stuff, acrobatic stuff from Ricochet. And then we've seen Sheamus get some hits along with Cesaro. At the end of all of this, I mean, this was just boring. This was boring. This really was. At the end of the day, Rich Holland and Sheamus win via pinfall with the Northern Light grip on Holland on Cesaro, and that's how they got the win, did Sheamus and Rich Holland. We get a hype reel. With WWE 2K22. Let me comment on WWE 2K22. The graphics look great. The controls look pretty good. But I want to see gameplay. I want to see more information on this. It looks great. Am I going to buy it? I'm on the fence about it. Uh, The last game I've ever bought with WWE 2K. Was WWE 2K18. I have not bought another WWE 2K game ever since then because the games are just the same shit. So I just wanted to let you guys know my opinion on WWE 2K22. It looks good, but 
at the end of the day, are the controls going to be great? There's a lot of compliments on this game so far with a lot of developers, you know, talking about the game and everything's looking up right now. Every time I'm on Twitter, WWE 2K22 is trending. So we'll see what happens. After that, we've seen the Usos make their way to, you know, the ring for a commercial break. And then after this, we get Eric versus Jimmy Uso. Yeah, a one-on-one match. Jimmy Uso wins via pinfall, via a diving splash. And that was it. That really was it. You know, again, I'm passionate about creativity. I really am. And knowing that Vince McMahon is not a fan of tag team wrestling, it breaks my heart and it really sucks. Why are you having tag team part or tag team opponents, excuse me, going one on one? Like, what does that do in terms of momentum and everything like that? Jimmy Uso can't lose, he's a part of a tag team. And they're the tag team champions, the Usos. They can't afford a loss. I I don't know, man. It's just frustrating. It's just frustrating watching WWE TV, man. So, Jimmy Uso won, and that's it. After that, we've seen Aaliyah. She makes her way up to the ring as we got the next match. Aaliyah versus Natalia. This was decent. This was really a decent match. Uh, so what happened was we seen circling corner with an elbow, Aaliyah with the uh, schoolboy a pin attempt, and then obviously Natalia was able to kick out. Natalia takes her into the corner and puts boots to her, breaking the referee's uh, count. And before that, we see him uh, for, or we see her for a counter. Did Natalia counter Aaliyah? The next corner we seen um, Natalia, you know, pretty much beating the boots to Aaliyah. With jaw attacks, punches, we've seen a sunset flip for a two count from Natalia to Aaliyah. Aaliyah flips into a tears as she was fired up. The crowd was getting into it as well, uh, taking her shirt off as she was like getting really hyped. We've seen a thes press, which is really a simple maneuver, nothing really surprising. But Aaliyah makes that move into a mount and then starts punching Natalia. After that, we've seen a bulldog, another simple maneuver for a two-count. Natalia shoves her away and then comes in with a big lariat and then a handful of hair as Natalia was grabbing the hair of Ali and then dumping her to the floor and throwing her into the barricade. Ali returns the favor, and then Natalia falls into it the return of any time as Aliyah wins via countout. I don't understand it. Countouts, you're only supposed to have countouts. If it's important, if it makes sense, if the story arc makes sense. I'm tired of WWE having countouts and disqualifications to continue a fucking feud. It's fucking annoying. It's annoying and it just shows WWE is not creative. They're not creative, man. Why would you book a match between Aaliyah and Natalia? And have it end via DQ or a countout like it did. It ended with a countout. Why can't we get a one-on-one match with a winner and a loser? Countouts and disqualifications are only supposed to happen when it, when it counts, when it's important. It's annoying, man. It really is. Just like the women's division is fucking trash. I'll get to that later. Oh, trust me. 
So backstage, Shasi Blackheart is on her phone when Drew Gulak rolls up to her to talk to her. Who cares? Who cares? Shasi Blackheart deserves better, man. Just like this women's division deserves better. Drew McIntyre then walks past with the sword in hand, and then we go to commercial break. I don't know what that was for. Drew McIntyre then comes back from commercial break and makes his way to the entrance, and we get a recap of Happy Fellas uh, injuring that was pretty much Baron Corbin and um, Riddick Moss. That's what I'm calling him. I'm not calling him by his stupid-ass name. It's Riddick Moss and Baron Corbin of Happy Fellas as they were injuring Drew McIntyre's neck, and there was news that Drew McIntyre might miss WrestleMania. We don't know what's going on. And apparently it wasn't all that serious because clearly Drew McIntyre is back. He gets on the microphone and says he feels good to be back. And you may have wondered how he came back so quickly. The truth is, after day one, a doctor looked at him in the eye and told him he's not going to make WrestleMania. And he looked that doctor in the eye and told him to kiss his ass. Yeah, I'm going to make WrestleMania. You can go fuck yourself is what Drew McIntyre said. He did rehab three times a day, six times a week, and now he's back. His attention is on the idiots that tried to end his damn career. Happy Corbin comes out. He asks Drew if it was really worth coming back early, risking his whole career to be thrown out like a bag of garbage by Brock Lesnar. Madcap Mops, that's his actual name, Madcap Moss. No, his name is Riddick Moss. So Riddick Moss tries to attack from McIntyre's flank as he gets a sword pointed at him. Drew asks him for a joke, and Moss tries to get him into an Oklahoma joke, but McIntyre wants a joke about him. This segment was awful. So Madcap has a bad Scottish-free joke about the main event of WrestleMania. Drew laughs, and he obviously continues to laugh. And then obviously Clay's more the shit out of Riddick Moss, Madcap Moss. We get footage of Sami Zayn as the Jackass Forever recap running into Johnny Knoxville. I don't care. Uh, Johnny Knoxville kicks him out and chases him with a cradle production team. They're still continuing with the Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn feud. I think this feud is going to happen at WrestleMania, and I think we're going to get Johnny Knoxville versus Sami Zayn at WrestleMania. Don't be surprised. If we get that. Next up, we've seen in Adam Pierce and Sonya Deville's office, Sami Zayn loses his mind about the footage being played and asks when he's going to get his Intercontinental title match. They offer next week. He complains and needing time to recover as they offer a match in two weeks. He takes it and then immediately leaves. After that, we see Natalia rolls up and demands a pinfall or submission match against Aaliyah next week. I mean, I like that. That's continuity to the story. I like that. You know, I, I'm going to give WWE some props for that. I think that was a great thing that Natalia said. Continuing the story arc. There you go. There's another positive on the show. After that, we've seen Rick Boogs. He's going to play Shinsuke Nakamura, but his guitar isn't working, so he does a little Freddie Mercy vocal exercise instead. I don't give a fuck. I don't care. Jinder Mahal versus Nakamura. I don't give a fuck. Nakamura, man. I'll tell you. Nakamura does not feel special whatsoever. Isn't he the intercontinental champion? 
This dude is an embarrassment. Just like a lot of these wrestlers are an embarrassment. None of them really feel special outside of the core. Obviously, that Vince McMahon trusts. Everybody else, you guys are all an embarrassment. It's not your fault. I don't blame you. I'm not mad at you. It's just a fact of the matter. Jinder Mahal versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Don't give a fuck. Nakamura wins via pinfall with a Kinshasa. Who cares? All I care about is the fucking Intercontinental Championship and how it needs to be a workhorse championship. But instead, it's a fucking prop that WWE doesn't give a crap about. That's embarrassing. That's sad. WWE really doesn't give a fuck about their titles except for the Universal and WWE Championships. So depressing, man. It really is. We get a recap of Bill Goldberg challenging Roman Reigns for the Universal title. Who cares? Goldberg, do your match and get the fuck out. If I'm telling you now, man. If Roman loses, whoo, I don't think he's going to lose, but again, it's possible because, I mean, for God's sake, the Fiend lost against Bill Goldberg and everybody. Everybody was like, yeah, you know, the Fiend's going to definitely win. No question. And I was one of those people. Yeah, we were wrong, so, but, I mean, Bray Wyatt and Roman Reigns, so, there you go. Back from commercial, Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville are chatting with Naomi as she comes in, rushing into the office. Naomi says she's not going to touch Sonya De- uh, I mean, listen, Naomi, I'd, I'd love to see you do that. I'm just playing. Uh, continuing with the promo, uh, she says she's not going to touch Sonya Deville while she's wearing her jacket, but she best meet her. In the ring in five minutes, DeVille begs off, saying it can't happen. Naomi says next week then. Sonya says they'll be great, but she's got a little title match against Charlotte Flair next week. So Naomi's getting a title match. Why are you going to put her in that situation when Naomi's going to lose? I don't get it. I really don't. So we come back from commercial. Natalia is interviewed. She decides to go tell Aaliyah about their match next week right now and runs in Zia Lee. Wow, Zia Lee's on television. Wow, I'm pretty surprised by that, as I was when I seen her. So Zia Lee leaving the trainer's room. This leads Natalia to decide to better off it and walk away. Next up, we get Lotharios, Angel Garza, and Humberto Carrillo. Versus New Day, Biggie, and Kofi Kingston. How the mighty have fallen for Biggie, man. Wasn't Biggie on Monday Night Raw? Wasn't Biggie the WWE champion? Wasn't it the rumors that Vince McMahon is beginning to lose faith in Biggie? How the mighty have fallen. Now there's rumors that Vince McMahon isn't high on Biggie anymore. He considers Biggie. A tag team specialist. What an embarrassment. So, this match was actually pretty good. This was a really good match between Lotharios, Andrew Garza, and Humberto Carrillo, and the New Day Biggie and Kofi Kingston. I'm going to push it to the middle of the match. We've seen a hip swerve by Biggie, a big slam, scoop slam as he scoops him up. Uh, Garza slips out and hits a lung blower, which was awesome to see. Uh, nobody gets to tag in, so he runs right into 
the big rock bottom in the corner from Biggie. Kofi off the top rope with a double team. Uh, Carsa Bulldog, but Humberto Carrillo breaks it up. The match breaks down, and Carrillo sidesteps the suicide spear and hits uh, an Atamio Moonsault, which was pretty cool, by the way. Kofi Kingston off the ropes. Uh, after that, we've seen Angel Garza get a small package for a two count. He booted up, tagged him Humberto with an electric chair. Dropkick Doomsday device obviously isn't enough as to tag into Caruso. Uh, double whip. Did I say Caruso? Oh, God. I'm thinking of NBA. Uh, Garza, excuse me, connects with the double whip, pop up into the stomp. And we've seen Angel Garza with the kick to the gut as he kicks Biggie. An underhook, and then we've seen Kingston flips off with the wing clipper, and then we've seen a tag. At the end of the day, the New Day win, and they pin the Midnight Hour on Angel Garza. Good match. Doesn't really do nothing, but good match. The tag team division. I mean, how many times can I complain? How many times can I complain? At this moment, it's just like WWE just doesn't care about tag team wrestling. That is what it is, man. We either need to accept it or we can continue to complain, which I will continue to complain because I'm bringing awareness and I want a better product. And I know WWE can put on a better product, but right now, creatively, they don't give a fuck. They have all the energy to come up with ideas for WrestleMania 39, right? Do you hear that rumor? Yeah, you heard that rumor and you know what I'm talking about, but they can't pitch ideas for the tag division and for this WrestleMania. WWE's priorities are completely fucked up. They really are. We get a recap of Ronda Rousey winning the Women's Royal Rumble. Who cares? Everyone expected it. And if you didn't expect it, you're lost. I don't know. You should have expected that. Charlotte Flair makes her way to the entrance wrap to send us to commercial break. We come back from commercial break. Sonya Deville is in the ring with Charlotte Flair. Sonya says that she hasn't run this past to the higher-ups yet. But Becky Lynch told her that Ronda Rousey is picking her and she expects to have a contract to sign on Monday night. But after Charlotte Flair beats Naomi next week, she'll need a WrestleMania opponent. And she's given her the floor to pick that opponent right now. Flair says she's been on top since 2015, day in and day out. And what's Ronda Rousey been doing? Playing video games, farming. She had a baby, right? Congratulations. Mom versus mom is an easier route for her because Charlotte's never been faster, stronger, or more confident in herself. And she is the main event of WrestleMania. I'm going to get to Charlotte in a second. If Ronda Rousey wants to choose the undercard, be her guest because number one doesn't talk to number two. Oh, really? Charlotte, sweetheart, you know, you're not number one. Number one is Becky Lynch. You're number two. So clearly, Becky Lynch doesn't talk to number two. That'd be you. I'm just speaking facts. She says, who should she pick to main event against? She picks Sasha Banks. That pissed me off. That pissed me off that really pissed me off listen unless they're gonna do a triple threat match with charlotte flair and ronda rousey and sasha banks 
Don't mention Sasha Banks. WWE did Sasha Banks dirty, man. They did. They better have a plan for my girl. I'm telling you right now. They better be having a dream match with uh, Lita or marquee matchup with uh, Bailey or Asuka. Or my biggest dream match with Tristratus, which I don't think that's going to happen. I would save Tristratus versus Sasha Banks for WrestleMania 39. But why does she mention Sasha Banks? That's interesting. I'll get to that in a second. Enter Ronda Rousey. She gets on the microphone and I completely cringe because her promo on Monday was awful. It was embarrassing and it was uncomfortable to listen to. She did not want to be there and that's the vibe that I got. She says that everyone loves to talk about her. But last time she checked, she won the Royal Rumble. Ronda, we all knew you were going to win the Royal Rumble, sweetheart. Come on, don't play. So she won the Women's Royal Rumble, and she gets to pick who she wants to main event against. But Charlotte Flair is right that being a mom changed her and gave her perspective. Like, she didn't fly across the country into an ice storm of a chat. She came here to teach her family business of kicking ass, and Charlotte Flair is just one of many she owns an ass-beating too. The promo, this promo was way better than what she did last week. I'll tell you that right now. Or um, on Monday, not last week. A couple of days ago on Monday. This promo was way better. She feels more confident. She feels more herself. So she tells uh, Charlotte Flair that she's not special. She's just first. And she'll see her at WrestleMania. Charlotte Flair immediately and literally provoked to a point at the sign and the crowd about being in the main event. And she says the title is her baby and her prettier. And she's prettier than Ronda, which makes sense because it's an attractive title belt. And babies are generally pretty ugly. I don't know why that was added to the end of the promo, but whatever. Uh, Ronda Rousey obviously uh, was going to attack Charlotte Flair, but Sonya Deville gets in between her and Flair tells her to back off. But Ronda Rousey shoves her aside to attack Charlotte Flair. Anyways, Sonya Deville jumps on her on her back with a sleeper hold, and Ronda Rousey counters it into a Samoan drop. Pretty good Samoan drop by Ronda Rousey. Falling back, Ronda Rousey gets in an arm bar and taps out Sonya Deville, ending Friday Night SmackDown and ending the segment with Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair staring at each other. That is your Friday Night SmackDown Review and analysis for February 4th, 2022. Listen, I don't hate Charlotte Flair. Let me put that into perspective right now. I don't hate her. I think she's overrated. I'll tell you that right now. All right. She's great. She's talented. But I don't get this hype with Charlotte Flair as touted. Oh, she's the greatest of all time. In my opinion, no, she's not. In my humble opinion, Sasha Banks is better than Charlotte Flair. Simple. Also, Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey. There were rumors that Charlotte Flair has been pitching to face Ronda Rousey for months. So WWE laid backwards to give Charlotte Flair what she wanted because she's the queen, right? We got to give the queen what she wants. She wants somebody. She's going to get her. Petty. 
favoritism. Damn fucking straight. Favoritism and Charlotte Flair being jealous. She's jealous of Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch. Charlotte Flair don't want Becky Lynch to be in the main event again. Charlotte Flair does not want Becky Lynch to go one-on-one with Ronda Rousey again. But Charlotte, you faced Ronda Rousey before at, at Survivor Series. You've had your moment with Ronda Rousey, but you want to be in the main event. You don't want Becky Lynch to be in the main event again. You want to take that opportunity from her, and you want to be in the main event of WrestleMania. Ladies and gentlemen, Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey will be the main event of night one, depending on the WWE title match at WrestleMania. Bottom line. That's what Charlotte Flair wants. Charlotte Flair wants to pat her stats. Oh, I beat Ronda Rousey in the main event of WrestleMania. I'm the motherfucking queen of this industry. I'm better than Ronda Rousey. I'm better than Sasha Banks. No, you're not, but she's going to have that perception. Oh, I'm better than Becky. I'm better than Bailey. I'm better than anybody. No, you're not. You're not. How are you better than everyone when you're not even better than one of the four horsewomen? You're not better than Sasha Banks. You're great. You were a great pro wrestler. But honey, you are not better than Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks has star power. You have star power. I would just rather go with Sasha Banks. And you mentioning Sasha Banks is completely unnecessary. Unless Sasha Banks ultimately gets added to this match. Because if not, why the fuck would WWE have Charlotte Flair say Sasha Banks' name? That pissed me off. I don't even think WWE has a plan for Sasha Banks. Now, there's rumors that Sasha Banks might be in a dream match with Lita at WrestleMania. Rumors of Bayley versus Sasha Banks at WrestleMania. I'd rather take Bayley or Lita instead of Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey in a triple threat if I'm Sasha Banks. But then again, the boss gets what the boss wants. If the boss wants to get involved in the SmackDown Women's title, have her get involved. But I just don't think that's going to happen. I think Sasha Banks is going to be in a marquee match at WrestleMania. I think her opponent is either going to be Lita or Bayley. Maybe Asuka if she comes back. We don't know, but Asuka is on Monday Night Raw. So Bailey and Lita, we'll see what happens. I know that Lita is kind of going on her last little tour run. So we'll see what's popping with it. At the end of the day, I just want the best for Sasha Banks. And Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey does nothing for the women's division. It does absolutely nothing. It, it doesn't benefit anybody. You know... You guys got to think about that. You guys got to think about that and ask yourself, huh, does this benefit the women's division? I don't think it benefits the women's division. Charlotte Flair is selfish. Charlotte Flair is about Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair wants to be in the main event. And that's the bottom line. That's how she comes off. That's how she comes off. I've heard stories of Charlotte Flair being selfish. Read the news feeds i'm not just saying this out of my ass just because i'm a charlotte flair hater i don't hate charlotte flair 
I just think she's a little overrated. She's good, but she's making it seem, and people are making it seem like she's the greatest in sliced bread. No, she's not. She's great, but she's not the greatest. There's a difference from being greatest and great. She's great. She's not the greatest. Sasha Banks is the greatest. Get mad all you want. I don't care. Charlotte Flair has not had better matches than Sasha Banks. Don't at me. Don't. Those are my thoughts on Friday Night SmackDown, ladies and gentlemen. This was your official Friday Night SmackDown post-show review and analysis for February 4th on your Friday. And there's your SmackDown review. I really didn't want to be up here, but... You know, I told you guys I'm going to be a little bit more consistent with the Monday Night Raw reviews and the Friday Night SmackDown reviews. But these shows just feel lifeless. They really do, especially SmackDown. At least Raw has some things that are decent. Friday Night SmackDown feels utterly lifeless, and it's very depressing. I'm going to continue to be honest. I'm going to continue to be speaking truth, and I'm going to continue to be creative. And I'm just going to continue to... Have people understand where I'm coming from, from my point of view. And I hope you guys appreciate that. Please, please go out and support the Wrestling Takeover wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow me on Twitter at JT Takeover. Let's grow that fan base. I would appreciate that. And let's continue to grow the fan base on Instagram at um the wrestling takeover so i appreciate the support thank you guys very much if you guys can rate the podcast five stars on apple podcast and spotify comment and listen to every single episode from start to finish i would really appreciate it i love you guys so much thank you for supporting me shout out to everyone that listens to my show and we're going to continue to grind and i'll see you guys unless there's news that breaks you know either tomorrow or sunday I'll see you guys for Monday for Raw. You guys have a great night.